Well, come on, before we jump in the Word, let's pray one more time. Father, we thank you for the Word. The entrance of your Word gives light. Give us light today. Give us direction today. Speak through us today. Give us ears to hear what the Holy Spirit's saying to us in the name of Jesus. Everybody said amen. amen. Again, I said a moment ago, we're continuing our series of lessons called A Man in Christ. Um, I've been enjoying this. Hope you have too. A couple weeks ago, we talked about ingredients that are in our heart that you didn't get by yourself, but God deposited in you by the person of the Holy Spirit. You've got the love of God in you. You've got the life of God in you. You've got the light and the direction of God in you. Always. It's there. You just have to stir it up, find out more and more of who you are, who he is, and what he's got for you, and your life is going to be on a different trajectory than it currently is right now. You can go from glory to glory, faith to faith, strength to strength, everything that the Bible says, when you read it and you go, I don't see it in my life, it can be in your life, as you'll read it, believe it, and act on it. And we've been finding out a man in Christ is different than a man without Christ. And so where I'm going to go for the last seven weeks, we've been talking about this. We talked about spirit, soul, and body. And what I want to do is I want to, I want to put on the, uh, I had a friend who had a, um, this was back in the 70s. His dad had a Corvette, and his dad would let him take the Corvette out from time to time. And, and the son uh, would do crazy things with his dad's Corvette, like any boy probably would. And I was in the passenger seat with him one time, and there was a little bit of ice on the road. And, 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 and he said, hey, Gary, you want to see something cool? And I said, sure. And while we're going down the road in Tennessee, nobody's on the road. It's, it's winter time. It's in the middle of the night. A little bit of ice on the road. And he just threw on the e-brake. And we're going down the road. And he throws on the e-brake. And the Corvette is doing this and spinning. And, of course, me, like any, any 17-year-old guy who was probably a little bit not in his right mind at that time, I started saying, this is cool. <laughs> Until it didn't get cool for a while. And, and, and we came to a rest in the side of the road, and, and uh, uh, then we had to kind of like get the Corvette out. Nothing was damaged. But what I want to do is we've been on a direction for the last seven weeks, moving down the road, and we've been spinning around, if you will, a little bit, different things of who we are, what Christ has provided for us in his death, burial, and resurrection. But I want to throw the e-brake on right now, if you will. I want to come to a stop, and I want to tell you about why it's so important that what we find in the scriptures that Paul spent enormous amounts of time, 120, 130 different scriptures that talk about in Christ, in whom, by him, by whom, that now tell us positionally who we are because of what Jesus Christ did for us. But I, I want to paint the picture and I want to show you why that's so utterly necessary and why that's so utterly important. And the reason is, if you don't know Christ, if you find your life at the end of your life without Christ, you are destined to an eternity without him, which is called hell. I believe in hell. I don't believe it's a myth. I don't believe it's a poem. I don't believe it's an allegory. I believe that there is a place called hell. I believe there's a place that's away from God. Some people don't. A lot of people don't in our generation. A lot of people believe all kinds of things. But I believe Jesus knew what he was talking about. I believe the, the, the early disciples knew what they were talking about that heard Jesus and, and began, began listening to what he said about an eternity away from him if you don't know him. And the way that we can know him is to surrender our life to him Ask Him to be Lord of our life, repent of our sin, 
And it's easy that we can do that. He doesn't make it easy. He doesn't make it hard for us to find God. And so what we find is that, is that a person who doesn't know Christ, listen, no one is born good. There's a thinking in society now that people are generally good. Listen, the scripture says just the opposite. Paul says there is not one good, no, not one. Meaning, not good in your maybe morals that you love your kids or if you've got a spouse or you're a good employee. He's not necessarily talking about that. But he's talking about that no one can be good or right or righteous or holy before God. We have no standing before God other than the standing which we have in Christ. By his blood, by his death, by his burial, by his resurrection... By his ascension, now that we find ourselves in him, in Christ. In him we live. In him we move. In him we have our being. Anyone without Christ is without eternal life. Anyone without Christ will experience eternal separation and death. Anyone without Christ has no peace. Anyone without Christ cannot fulfill the ultimate assignment that God has on their life. Anyone without Christ will find their life in toil and misery and heartache, even though they're alive on the earth like you and me. In Christ matters. But we find out that really the Bible, the New Testament, listen to me, very simply, is about two men. Listen, Adam and Christ. Adam and Christ. We find out from the scripture that Adam, the first man, wasn't even born. Adam was made by God. Made with a nature in communion with God. Made with, with an external body, flat, you know, that we could see. Made with a mind, will, emotions, intellect, but made with spirit that's one with Christ, one with God. And what we find out, though, is that God did not dominate him in the sense of making him think like a robot, programming him like artificial intelligence that would spew out what the programmer put in. He did put things within him, but he gave him a will, a mind, a will, emotions, and intellect to think his own thoughts if you want to follow God or not. Hence the angels that God created, a third of them got kicked out of heaven, followed Lucifer, followed the devil, followed Satan, followed the serpent, what the scripture says. Even though they were made by God, not made in the image of God, but made by God because God will not control anyone. God gives us the ability and the right to choose for ourselves. That's why Joshua says, choose who you're going to serve. Come on, choose you this day. Are you going to follow God or you're not going to follow God? Come on. And the minute we decide to follow God, our life opens up. Things start changing our life. It doesn't mean all the, all the grass is always going to be green, but we know where the green grass is going to come from. It's going to come from God. Come on, somebody say amen. So here in Romans chapter 5, let's look on the screen here. Look at some scriptures with me, some points on the screen. It tells us this very thing. It says, therefore, in Romans 5, 12, just as through one man, this is one man is Adam, 
Just as through this one man, Adam, sin entered the world. Sin entered the world between and by the first man, Adam. And then death through sin. Death through sin. What kind of death? Not physical death at that point, because when Adam and Eve sinned, when Adam sinned, he didn't die physically. He died spiritually, separated from God. What did he do? He and his wife hid. They, they, they hid in the shrubbery. They, they tried to clothe themselves. They realized they were naked. The glory they had was now, was now changed, and they, they realized something's changed. Something's different. So the Scripture says, just as through one man sin entered the world, and then death, separation from God came through that sin, and thus, don't miss this, death spread to all men. Because all sinned, all men, every man, every woman, every age from the beginning of time, from Noah's day to Abraham's day to Isaiah's day to Daniel's day to David's day to Habakkuk's day to Jesus' day to Paul's day to Napoleon's day to what up into our current days, everybody that has been born as a man or a woman all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God because all have, in God's mind, all had sinned. If you were there and if I were there, I and you would have done the very exact same thing that Adam did. He was, he, he, he wasn't, the, the scripture says that Eve was deceived. Adam was not deceived. Adam said, I want what that serpent said I can have, and I do not want what God said is right. That is in every one of us. This is the condition of the human race. We are estranged and we are separated from God. This is the condition. This is the problem. This is the situation. So before we get excited, and, and pardon me for you know, throwing on the e-brake this morning and, and preaching hot and heavy to you, but I think that we need to understand the ramifications of why it is so good to know and continue studying about who you are in Christ because your destiny away from Him is that you are dead in your sin. There is no hope. For you, there is no way out of your situation without being in Christ. Man, our, our carnal nature, our, our carnal nature doesn't want to do what's right. Our fleshly nature, you see those words in the New Testament, our carnal nature, our flesh nature, it doesn't want to do what's right. It doesn't want to be righteous. It doesn't want to be holy. In fact, let me read this scripture to you over in, over in uh, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 7 and 8. This is the NIV. Check it out. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law or word, nor can it be so. It just won't do it. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. He says if you're going to live your life in the flesh away from God, if you're going to live your life not surrendered to God and His will, you're just not going to please God. And he says the mind, the mind that's governed by a flesh, by a carnality that's away from God will not ever submit to the will of God. That, that's why, listen, we, 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 try to, we try to help people and we try to, uh, uh, people that might not know Christ and, and we try to get them 
acting right, doing right, living right. And it is useless because on the inside of them, they're hostile to God and there's no strength and there's no power and there's no ability to live a victorious Christian life because there's no DNA inside them to keep that, that fire burning and moving the tracks down the road where they can f- succeed and they can be everything God wants them to be. You must be born again. And when you're born again, your life keeps changing again and again and growing and moving forward. And you see the life of God and you bear fruit and more fruit and your fruit remains. Come on, church. Amen. So in my nature, in your carnal nature, which we all have, we were born, uh, the sin from Adam passed to every one of us because we all sinned. We, We had that nature on the inside of us, but we don't have to stay there. We don't have to live there. I don't have to be the angry, bitter, gossiping, addicted, drug dude, lustful pornographer. I don't have to be that guy anymore. That was who I was. That's who you were in in Adam. Now that I've given my life to Christ, I'm in Christ. I can change. I've got a new nature on the inside of me. I've got a new spirit on the inside of me. I've been born again. Come on, church. I've been born again. So, so, so the Bible, the, listen, it's going to get worse. Come on. So the Bible gives us three main words that declare and talk about this, this condition. And they're words we don't want to talk about, but let's just talk about them. Uh, one of the words is sin, that we see this, about this problem, this nature, this fleshly nature that's inside all of us. The first word is just the word sin. And the word sin just simply means missing the mark. That's what it means, just missing the mark. It's something you can do to God or you can do towards man, made in the image of God. It's doing the opposite of what's right or neglecting, the opposite of doing what's right or just neglecting to do what's right. That's what sin means. So so sin means missing the mark. Sin means falling short. Uh, The the picture would be the the person with a bow and an arrow and the target's there and, and you're shooting, but you're never hitting the target. It's called sin. You just keep missing the mark. Anything that's defined that that God says this is the mark and you don't hit it. The scripture calls that sin. It crosses the line of God's standard. It just, it, you know, and how, how many of us, you know, the, the, right there's the line. We get as close as we can to the line. Get as close as we can. And you get too close to the line, you're going to want one day or another slip over. Sin, missing the mark. The, the second word we see there's three, there's a couple, there's probably more than this. There's probably five, but I'm going to give you three this morning. The second thing that we see in our nature, our flesh nature, is what the scripture talks about is transgression. Transgression. And transgression, by definition, is willful rebellion. Just willful rebellion. I, I choose to intentionally, I, I, I choose to intentionally disobey and trespass. That's the word connected with transgression trespass. Now, I grew up in Tennessee, and next to this, this uh, sub, you know, suburban neighborhood where I lived, like they do sometimes here. We don't see it so much here in San Diego because it's become so large. 
But in Tennessee, uh, uh, more and more people were moving there, buying up farmland. And, and so, uh, you know, before de they start developing homes and neighborhoods, etc. And so as a kid, me and my friends would always go right next door, right, right, right across the street. There was a little field and there was the farm. And, and across the farm, there was a, there was a barbed wire fence like all, almost all farmers have. And, and there were signs on it that you can guess what they would say. No trespassing. And how many of you know when you read the sign, you went, we trespassing up in here. And a couple, we weren't, we weren't up to no good. We were just, you know, chasing cows and killing frogs and stuff like that. Uh, and what boys do. Uh, but, but the farmer would come sometimes and chase us away, etc. And, and, and so trespassing is, is you cross the line. You, you know what you're not supposed to do, and you do it. You, you, in, in the heat of the moment, you tell that blatant lie. You, you tell that lie. You trespass. In the moment, you're not premeditated, but I trespassed this morning. I was, I'll tell you, I was driving around Chula Vista and just doing a little praying before I came in this morning. And West Chula, a little different than East Chula, not all in West Chula, but this certain street, it doesn't have, when you come to the stoplight, it, it, the stoplight, it doesn't have the timer. I could tell because I was there just waiting forever. And there was, there, there was no, there, there was, it was always green. We have policemen, detectives, and sheriffs in the room. And so forgive me, guys. Forgive me. I'm confessing my sin that I could be healed. And so I'm sitting there for, I'm sitting there like three, three minutes. And I'm going, three minutes is a long time when nobody's there. And so I trespassed. I just took a left. I just took a left. I blatantly violated the law. If there was a policeman there, I'm guilty. I blatantly did what was wrong. Iniquity is something a little bit different. Iniquity is the third thing that we see. In the scripture, iniquity is a conscious, premeditated choice, premeditated choice to do something wrong. It's conscious. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go there. I'm going to say that. I'm going to steal that. It's, it's not like just I trespassed. I was in the heat of the moment and I just did it. No, no, no. I'm premeditated. I got a plan to do something wrong. Iniquity is what we see in scripture that it's deeply rooted and it deals with the inner character of a person. The propensity to do evil in your flesh, in your carnal nature, is sin, is trespass, and is iniquity in all of our flesh. What we find about iniquity is it gets worse, and we can see it, it seems now, again, I'm not that old, but it just seems now, since I keep coming back to pre-COVID, it seems in the last three and a half years, this thing has spiraled fast. And it's this thought. Look on the screen. Unrepented iniquity can result in shamelessness of sin and no fear and reverence of God. Iniquity. Conscious, premeditated choice to do wrong. And then now, now I have no shame. Now I have no fear. Now I have no guilt. Now, really, I could say that person's conscience is becoming seared to the God they once served. This was all of us before Christ. Now, continual sin, con Scripture tells us, continual sin, Romans 1 tells us, will lead to a reprobate mind. Continual sin will. Will lead to a reprobate mind devoid of God's word and devoid of God's morals. That's why we say the, the person, the, how could they do that? 
they have given themselves up and now it's a reprobate mind. Their heart, maybe even, even those that once knew God, Romans 1 paints the scripture, that's crazy. They knew God, they knew it was wrong, but they wanted to do it anyway. So God gave them over to a reprobate mind. I'm trying to tell you, every one of us in the room, this could be part of your life. In the past, and listen, listen, the fear of God is this. This could be the part of your life in the future. If you do not continually find out who you are, what Christ has for you, what his death, burial, and resurrection means, and how you can find the will of God, the purpose of God, the salvation of God continually in your life on a daily basis. Can you say amen? Because you know people, I know people, and you say, I'm talking about Christian that, that, that serve God. And you go, how could they have done that? Somehow, someway, there was a seed that was planted. And when that seed planted, it violated the will of God. Maybe they sinned. Maybe they started then saying willful transgression, willful disobedience until something got in them and it consumed them and took them down a path that was unconscionable. That they would have never thought three years earlier, five years, a, a, a year earlier, there's no way I'd do that. But the devil is sly and he's a deceiver and he will wait you out. He'll wait you out. So we see that sin, transgression, iniquity. We see another word in the New Testament called lawlessness or rebellion. All of that is in our old nature. It's in our Adamic nature. It's in the nature that we all were born with when we came and were born in this earth. It's part of us. Listen, that's why when you read Romans chapter 7, Paul says, I'm in this struggle. I'm in this fight. I want to do what's right, but, that, but there's this thing on the inside of me that's pulling me left. Come on. I, I, I want to go for God, and there's this, this thing inside me that's pulling me not to go for God, and there's this constant battle, and Paul says, who will deliver me from this? And he says, Thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Come on, everybody. Thank God that I find out who I am in Christ and what's been provided for me in the death, burial, and the resurrection, and the ascension of Christ. Who he is and who I am now that I don't have to live my life under the dominion of darkness. I don't have to live my life under the dominion of my old life. I can live my life free in Christ, finding out who he is and who I am, and finish my course with joy. Come on, somebody say amen. Check it out, even Psalm 51. Check this out, what, what's, what David writes in Psalm 51. Look at this, verse 1 and 2. Have mercy upon me, O God. Anybody in, in agreement with that? Have mercy upon me, O God. Check it out. According to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Wow, look at those words. Have mercy. Thank you for your loving kindness. Thank you for your tender mercy. And he says this, blot out my transgressions, my willful rebellion. Blot out my willful rebellion, Lord. Verse 2, wash me thoroughly. Have mercy on me. Thank you for your loving kindness for me. Thank you for the multitude of your tender mercies for me. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity my conscious decisions to do wrong. Help me, right, with my character. Help me with your nature in me. And cleanse me. 
Cleanse me from my sin. Cleanse me from missing the mark of your righteous standard and your judgment. This is Old Testament. This is Old Testament. This is David crying out to God, saying, God, I've sinned. God, I've I, 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 I missed it. God, God and, but he writes. Look, look at the passion that he writes with. God, God, you're loving, you're loving to me. You're merciful to me. You, 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 you wash me thoroughly. You're for me. But I'm coming to you saying, I don't want to be this guy. I don't want to be this person. I've, I've stepped over the line. I've sinned. I've, 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 been, I've trespassed. I've, I've got iniquity in me that I want, I want you to change me. I want you to change me. Again, we find out from the scripture that we all were born in sin. Estranged from God, separated from God, needing someone to bridge the relationship between God the Father and us. This is the reality of everybody in the room, everybody online, and all mankind for all time. And, and just so we know, you're on the same page with me, is that the Bible defining sin, it goes beyond a list of just behaviors, do's and don'ts. The Bible defining sin isn't behavioral modification. The Bible defining sin isn't just Oh, um, you know, if you go to counseling, it's the same thing you're going to get if you ask God to forgive you. Or, or, or just take a pill, and the pill's going to get you thinking right, and, and, and you're going to be right. Or, or, or you know, um, uh, we'll send you away to jail or prison, incarceration, and while you're there, you'll get your head and your space right, and you'll come out a changed person. Or, or we just need to get you in the rehab center, and the rehab center is going to change you. Now listen, all those things can help, and a lot of them do help. But they cannot address the problem of a man or a woman away from God. That is in the soul. That is in the flesh. That's cravings and desires and some things that can be addressed. But, but it will always come back to haunt somebody. Because it doesn't address the real problem. Again, look on the screen. The nature that mankind is born with is separated from God, not just needing repair, but needing to become brand new. That's why the scripture we talked about, Mike read it last week, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 is so key. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Where would they become new? Did they become new on the outside? No, it became new on the inside. God works from the inside out. He doesn't work from the outside in. Man works from the outside in, trying to get in. Man works with the pill. Man works with the counseling. Man works with the rehab. Man works with the incarceration to try to modify behavior. God says, we don't do that. We work from the inside out. If you can be changed on the inside, if you can see who I am, you can see who you really are. If you can see the word, that the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and that word can dwell in you and change your life, your life will be different. Come on, everybody. 
And again, one more time, shout out to everybody. I'm not against counseling. I got a nephew in rehab right now, been there for five months and he's coming out free. I'm down with all of that. We got people in prison and jail and they come out different kind of people. I'm down with that, but I'm down more with finding out who you are in Christ. Because you come, come out a clean from rehab and still go to hell. So we want everybody to find out the insidiousness of sin, of trespass, lawlessness, transgression, and iniquity that is in us. You are just one bad decision away from us not seeing you forever and ever. The, the, the sin will just mess you up. We were some pastors the other day, some friends, and talked about somebody that you know, we're wondering about, and just you go, wow, what happened? And, and something, something happened. And you go, wow, how'd that happen? Well, I know what happened. I'm telling you right now, I know what happened. And if it happened to him, listen to me, it can happen to me, and it can happen to you. That's why we all need to be people full of mercy and compassion and loving kindness and praying for one another. Can I get an amen in the room? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we find out that, that now that we're in Christ, now, now, now that I'm identified with him, I identify with his death, burial, and resurrection. I identify with my life now in him, that I can be changed, not from the outside in, but from the inside out. Because what we see is so important. Just look real quick on a couple more thoughts I want to give you this morning. Look on the screen. Man, man was not born with the condition that, that Adam was created in. We were born in the condition that Adam passed on to us. This is our old man. We're not born with the same condition that Adam had, that he was born with, that he was made with. We, we, got, we got the condition that he passed on to us. You didn't ask for it. But we, we, all were, we all would have done exactly what Adam did. We're, we're, we're sinners by nature now, needing a Savior by nature. We were marked with that same sin that Adam had. So the Scripture tells us in Romans 5, 17, by one man's offense, here's Adam again, this trespass, death reigned through the one. Again, what kind of death? Spiritual death, not physical death. Spiritual death, separation from God, began a death cycle, listen to me, in Adam's physical body. God never intended that brother to die. He was going to live forever with God in that perfect place of harmony with God. But all of a sudden, in his physical body, sickness, disease, ailments, all that stuff started happening, and it's been pro progressing for thousands of years into the current state that we're at right now. Also, we would just say my words, not Bible words, my words. We, we could see soul death, S-O-U-L, soul death. All of a sudden, there's fear, there's worry, there's insecurity. There, there, there's thoughts that are, that are now dominating my mind that God doesn't want dominating my, my mind because of that sin nature that was in Adam that now is in me. Everybody got it. No way out of it. Your mama can't pray it out of you. You can't get hands laid on. You must be born again. We see every child. Again, there's some people that don't believe this, and I'm going, well, they must have never had a child. You don't have to teach a child how to be selfish. They're born, and all of a sudden, 
I, I tell the story all the time that, you know, when our kids were small and, and Michael and Brittany were only 18 months apart and, and all of a sudden there's a bunch of toys on the ground and, 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 and Brittany's old enough to sit up and, and look around and grab some toys and, and she's with her 18-month-old brother and, and when she started getting toys, all of a sudden older brother wanted that toy. Why? Inside them, inside us, is wanting more and taking and lying and stealing and using whatever means to, do, to different degrees to get that. That is in our Adamic nature. And unchecked, even though you say yes to Jesus, it has got the capacity to dominate your life. That's why you know, I know people who say yes to Jesus, and I love Jesus, but they're a continual wreck. That does not have to be your life. That's why I'm preaching hot and heavy this morning, that if you'll find out who you are in Christ, your life will change. Come on, everybody. Come on, your life will change. Come on, stick with me for a few more minutes. Ephesians 1, Ephesians needs to be a book you meditate on and read constantly. Romans chapter 5, 6, 7, and 8. You need to find yourself in Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8. But here in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 through 3, check out what Apostle Paul says. As for you, he's writing to a church at Ephesus, but he's writing to Spectrum folks this morning. As for you, you were dead. Well, how were you dead? Were you, is he writing to dead people? No, you were dead spiritually. He says, in the transgressions, here it is again, the willful rebellion and sins, missing the mark of God's righteous standard, inside you was deadness, never, never, never wanting to be content, never, always, always, never finding satisfaction, never finding peace, always striving for more, always needing more, always thinking I get a new car, I get a new house, I get four bucks more an hour, everything is going to be great. No, 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 you get all that and you're still a train wreck. Why? Something's going on on the inside of you. you got to find out what's going on on the inside of you. And then, man, we know that medicated, we just get medicated and we don't want to think about it. So, so he says, you were dead. You were dead spiritually in your transgressions and your sins. Check it out. In verse 2, in which you used to live. So he's talking to church. You used to live this way. And you followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who now works at those who are disobedient. This was us. We were all under the sway of the world. I don't care if it's from the White House to the outhouse. Everybody in between, when they don't know Jesus, we are under, they are under the sway of the world. Susceptible to lies, deceits, tricks, schemes that the devil is a genius at depositing in people's thought life. And he says, this is how we used to live. We followed that. We lived that. We were open to that. And he tells us in verse 3, all of us, all of us, he includes him, all of us lived among them at one time. We gratified the cravings of our flesh. There's our flesh again. And we followed its desires. Your flesh wants stuff your spirit says don't go after. Whatever is stronger wins. Whatever is stronger wins. I want it, I have to have it, I need it, and you think about it, 
and you meditate on it and you play and you wake up in the morning and you go to bed at night and all of a sudden you find yourself going after it. And God said, I never wanted you to have that. I wanted you to be content right here with this or whatever it is. He says, we gratify the cravings of our flesh and follow its desires and its thoughts. Check it out. Read the last of that. Look with that. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving death. By nature, in our old Adamic nature, deserving death. The scripture says, God is so rich in his mercy for us, even when we were dead in trespasses and sins. Come on, send us Jesus. When we were unlovely, he came to rescue us from the hold and dominion of the enemy in our life. When we could not change ourselves, he sent Jesus, born in Bethlehem, born in a manger, born with flesh, 100% man, 100% God. He knows the condition, what it is to live as a man or a woman in the earth. And he did it pure, holy, uncontaminated, righteous, so that you would quit your striving trying to become something and you would just receive who he is and what he has become for you. That's what it means to be a person in Christ. I don't have to strive. Yeah, I got to believe the word. Yeah, I got to act. I got to read the word. I got to find out who I am. Why wouldn't I? I got a new car. I'm going to read the manual. I want to find out what, what all these buttons mean. What do these switches mean? I, I want to I find out what's going on. I want to find out what I have. How fast this thing will go. Come on, everybody. I wanna, what, how often do I need to get an oil change? So I want to read the manual. I want to find out what belongs to me. But I'm not going to live under the dominion of trying to be something that God hadn't called me to be when he says, I've already put the seed in your heart that now you can live free and receive all the grace and the love and the mercy that I have for you. You can work out what I worked in. Come on, somebody say amen. 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 Come on, amen. amen. Come on, church, amen. amen. I, I, I love this. We were talking about the shepherd this morning. Art, come up here and help me. I'm already off, off my notes here a little bit. Um, Isaiah chapter 53, we'll stop with this scripture here, Isaiah 53, verse 6. Again, Isaiah prophesies about Jesus coming, the Messiah. Check out what it says. Re read this with me. Come on, let's read it out loud. Come on, one, two, three, read. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned, every one to his own way. And the Lord, God the Father, has laid on him, Jesus, the iniquity of us all. This was us. This was me. This was you. All of us, gone astray. Every one of us, turned our own way. But guess what? That's not the end of the story. The end of the story is that God the Father laid on Jesus the iniquity, the sin, the lawlessness. He laid on him the transgression of us all. That Jesus, we find from the scripture, came as a man to redeem man and rescue all of us. Perfect, sinless, spotless, the Lamb of God, the scripture says, which takes away the sin of the world. Jesus understands. Jesus knows. that He's touched, the scripture says, with the feelings of your infirmities, your weaknesses, your inability to continually do the right thing. And he's there constantly to grab you and pick you up and to set you on your way again. 
with loving kindness, with compassion, with grace, and with mercy. You don't have to fear ever turning your heart to God. You don't have to fear coming back to the Lord and saying, I messed up again. You don't have to fear wondering, will he receive me? Will he welcome me? The answer overwhelmingly in scripture is yes, he will. Time and time again. Even so much that Peter, when he came to Jesus one time, said, man, th this, this guy, you know, uh, Jesus said, you've got to forgive your brother, you know, uh, seven, 70 times seven. He's like, what? Peter says, i got to forgive that guy all that time? Like, God says, if that's what we can do, how much can he do? Continually, our heart towards him, that he gives towards us, continual forgiveness, continual grace, continual mercy, continual kindness, continually understanding the condition that we face in this earth. Scripture's clear. We can't save ourselves. Man or woman in Christ doesn't mean a perfect man, but means a man and a woman that knows who the perfect one is. That we are continually at war, at war, with principalities, powers, evil in this world, in, in, in the dark realm, the Scripture calls it, that's constantly trying to get you off course. That's why we continually encourage you to find out on a daily basis who you are, what you have, and what belongs to you in Christ. This is how your life will be paved on a highway going from glory to glory, strength to strength. That you don't have to live your life as a roller coaster, up and down, yo-yo Christian, up, down, in, out, back and forth. No, I can find out who he is, find out who I am, know who my enemy is, but know my future is secure. And if I mess up, and if I say something, or if I miss the mark, or if I transgress, even willfully, I trespass and I, 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 I run through that, that stoplight. <laughs> I, I, I did it. Lord, that I can say, Lord, forgive me. I don't want to be that kind of person. I want to change. And he welcomes us, and he washes us, and he cleanses us, and he brings us back to a place of right standing like we never sinned before. Can anybody in the house say amen? Amen. Come on, everybody. Stand up. Come on, say amen. Amen, amen. God is good. God is good. All over the room with your head bowed, your eyes closed. Come on, no looking around. Give everybody the right to privacy. But right now, you know that while we're talking this morning, God's talking to your heart. Stuff's going on in your life right now where maybe you've missed the mark. You've sinned. You've transgressed. You, you, you're a believer, but you say, I, I've done some things or I've said some things. I'm involved in some things right now that I'm not proud of. If somebody knew about it, I, I would be ashamed if it came out. Listen, today is the day that you can say, I want to change in my heart right now. I, I, in my flesh dwells no good thing. But I'm not going to stay and live my life in the flesh. I'm going to surrender my life again today to the Spirit of God, to Jesus and His will for my life. Come on, all over the room. If that's you, come on, just lift up your hand. That's me, all over the room. I'm involved in some things. I want, I want God in my life. I want to change in my life. All over the room. All over the room. Father, I just pray for everybody with their hand raised right now. I pray, Lord God, that you pour out your spirit on them in a new way. I pray they're going to find your word like never before. Holy Spirit, that you're going to speak to them and lead them in the counsel of the truths of your word. That they're going to be found in you. Lord, that your word will be a lamp to their feet 
and a light to their path. It's going to give direction. It's going to give wisdom. It's going to give understanding. It's going to give knowledge. It's going to give direction. It's going to answer questions, oh God. It's going to clear up the confusion. It's going to silence the enemy voice in their life, Father. I pray that the voice of the shepherd, the voice of Jesus, will become louder and louder and louder. They're going to find out who you are and who they are in Christ. And no longer open, no longer desirous of things of the flesh, the carnal nature. Lord God, as we find out more and more who you are, we find out more and more of who you've called us to be. Father, every grace, every ability, every calling, every talent that you place inside every person in this church, Father, we just call it forth in the name of Jesus. Call it forth to do and to be and to share and to serve in the will of God. Father, we pray all over the room, online, Father, people understanding and knowing who you are, the will of God, the plan of God, and the desire of God. From the very foundation of the world, you said before you made the world, you knew us and you've got a plan for our life. It's in Christ. That's the beginning. It's when we surrender our life to you and all of a sudden the, the light bulb comes on, the fire burns and a new desire and direction is given. Father, do it this morning. Every heart that's grown cold, Father, I pray that we fan the flame, that the gift of God to be stirred up, oh God, inside every heart this morning. Stir up the gift of God. Stir up the gift of God. No fear, no insecurity, no condemnation, no guilt, no shame over past mistakes, but today, is a day of a new beginning. A new beginning, oh God, for the people in the church today, the youth, young adults, senior citizens. The time's not now to pull back or go back. It's to move forward and rise up and to be who you've called us to be. So Father, come on, we take that challenge. We take that pledge. Come on, all over the room, let's lift our hands. That's all of us. Come on. Father, I want to be what you want me to be. Come on, just pour out your heart for a second. I, I want to be what you want me to be. Lord, 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 God, work in me, oh God. I surrender my life again today. Come on, do that. I surrender my life again today. I, I, I lay my life before the cross today. Lord God, I want to find out who you are more and who I am, Lord God. You're not done with me. You're, you're loving kindness like you were with David. Your mercy. You, you're going to wash us, oh God, thoroughly. Cleanse us, oh God, thoroughly. We thank you for that. From the washing of the water by the word. We're washed and we're cleansed, oh God, today. By your spirit, by your blood, by the word of God today. We're delivered, oh God, from the hold and the assignment of the enemy on our lives. We sense that, oh God. We thank you for it, oh God. We won't stay the same, oh God. We're going to be changed. We're going to be changed in Jesus' name. Come on, you agree with that? Just say amen. Come on, everybody. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, in Christ. A man or a woman in Christ. We were in Adam. Now we're in Christ. Come on, keep Adam in the closet. Don't let Adam out. Let Christ out. Come on, let Christ out. Let Christ be glorified. Come on, we got a choice. Come on. 
Got a choice. Every moment, Adam can come out or Christ can come out. I can give you a piece of my Adam mind or I can give you a piece of my Christ mind. Christ mind is a whole lot better. Amen? Amen. Our prayer partners are going to be up here. Listen, if you're here in the room, and I can't say this, stress it enough, I, I, I would imagine, I'll just throw out a number.